0: My wife and I just got back from Italy, and it's a place that I have a very deep connection to, and uh, my wife does as well. Uh, But just for the purposes of this episode, I wanted to share a little bit about my journey, Italy, following the breadcrumbs, the Lord leading, his redemptive nature, the character of God, and just what he's done in my life and, and hopefully as a testimony for somebody to hear to understand what's possible for their life too. So, in 2017, after a very difficult summer watching my dad pass, I was quite sudden. He had been sick, but it was a quite sudden kind of downward um, spiral, and uh, and a very traumatic few weeks. And and then the actual event itself of of seeing him leave, and go to heaven. That was that was a very traumatic situation for me. At the time, my wife and I were dating, and we were on the verge of breaking up, and I, uh, uh, for a variety of reasons, that that can just be its own episode or, or several uh, seasons worth of episodes, but we were on the verge of breaking up, and, and my dad had just passed, and I was in honestly shock, like I was just in this total shock state. I um, was also in a somewhat precarious state financially, and in my identity, trying to figure out who I was, where I was going. And I'd been doing coaching for maybe a year or so at that point. Um, the entrepreneurial journey was still fresh, still new to me. And uh, and I was in the like early stages, I'd say earlier stages of a real deep spiritual awakening. So um, one of the things that can happen when you get that kind of shock event in your life is... Everything that you think matters, really just you start to see how little it matters. and you get to a real raw state. And I think religion can confuse people, all of the swirl of what's right, what's of God, what's not of God. Uh, and those are I'm not saying those are unhealthy questions to ask, but you know you get into other people's opinions and all this other stuff. But when you're faced with life and death, and you encounter death itself and you realize you have nothing to lose. You get back to this place of rawness where you can almost just be in touch with what's super, super, super authentic to you. And for me, what was authentic to me at that point was, I didn't have the money to do it, what was authentic to me was I'm going to Italy. And what transpired over the course of these next few weeks after my dad passed was uh, shortly after I had sent out a message to some friends um, over email, kind of in that raw state again, saying, hey, my dad had passed. And, you know, I, I really believe God's going to use this in my life to change my trajectory and all these things. And I got a couple of different responses from people. One person called me, by the way... Whenever you hear somebody that you love, somebody near them, near to that person that you love has passed, don't hesitate to pick up the phone. Um, I'll never forget that person that called me. You know, I'd sent out a message to a bunch of different people. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with grieving and death and loss, and there's nothing wrong with calling, even if you don't know what to say, Um, but... I'd sent out a message and somebody else responded to me saying, oh, you know, my another good friend of mine said, oh, my brother passed. I'm so sorry to hear that my brother passed on Friday. And, uh, and I didn't know what to say. So I go to a funeral for my friend's brother, a young man. Shortly after, I'd watched my dad pass. This is the kind of state I was in. And then our... So my friend, whose brother passed, our other friend, we'd all lived together. Our other friend was getting married in Ireland. And so it was this kind of like loss. Oh my gosh, my other friend's grieving and lost, And then our friend is getting married and there was this kind of high and low, all joined in such as life. So we go to Ireland go to Ireland, and then I go from there to Italy. And in Italy, I rented a car, drove around for five days or so. Again, this is 2017. So I'm I'm in Italy, driving around for five days or so aimlessly. I think I land in Rome and drive up through Tuscany. And my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, had sent me a couple Airbnbs. She said, hey, this one looks cool. It's pretty inexpensive. This one looks beautiful. You should try this. So I actually, I go to those different places and I stay for the evening. One of the places I ended up going, uh, the host, who is a bit older, more my mother's age, um, had asked if I wanted to go to dinner. So I say yes. I didn't really have anything else to do. I was only staying for one evening in that area. It's a small village called Paterno. And uh, she takes me out for dinner. We just kind of connect and I share a little bit about my journey. I'm in, again, this kind of raw state. She pays for the meal. It costs more than the Airbnb did. And I go on my way, never really thinking much more than, wow, that was really special and I'm glad I did that. While I was in Italy in 2017, couple other things were happening, but it was just a time for me to process and kind of begin the journey grieving. So fast forward, and now it's the beginning of 2018. So four or five, six months later, I'm in prayer, just kind of quietly talking with God, having conversation with the Lord. And I hear him say to me, not audibly, but I hear him say to me in my mind, TJ, why don't you start making bread? And I didn't understand exactly what that means or why, but he said, you need to make bread to break bread because you need more community. So have something to offer them and invite them to join you around the table. So it was like, okay, that gave me purpose. I could see the value of it I was being more isolated I kind of always struggle with what other people might use the word as community and it's not that I I don't enjoy friendship or other things but I just kind of have um, a long history of just challenges around around that for a variety of reasons so I've had maybe kind of select few friends and jumped in different circles but the idea of community and just kind of doing life with a bunch of people that was sporadic throughout my life. It wasn't super common. And I think the Lord was like, hey, now more than ever, you need this. So I started making bread. I went on Amazon. I ordered a bread making kit, which was just essentially a cast iron bread pan. And then some instructions. I made my first loaves of bread out of this New York apartment I shared it with roommates. I invited other people in. And it was really special because I started having more intention and reason to be connecting with people. I I literally couldn't eat all the bread I was making. So it really did start to produce more community in my life. That was really special. That alone is worth sharing. But over the course of the next several months in 2018 now, I start having some desire And people are kind of confused around the word desire because they think like every desire is bad or they've been told that. Desire, if you break it down, means de-sire, of father. So true, pure desires are of the father. Now, not every desire is of the father. But when you think about desires, you got to just kind of understand that just because you've been told, you know, your heart can be deceitful, doesn't mean that everything that you have as a desire in your heart is bad. You now, when there are things that are made pure, whole, and righteous, those desires can be good. And in fact, I believe desires started as good, right? If you go back to the garden, God's original design, things start as good and then the enemy perverted them, twisted. So true desires can become twisted and can lead us into perversion of truth. I could go on for that, probably another few seasons of a a podcast as well. But I had this desire to go back to Italy. Now, that's not shocking. Italy is beautiful, great place to be. There were a few things happening, though, in my heart at the time. Again, 2018. And I'm starting to kind of connect with my identity now, identity means how you see yourself. We talk about this in boot camp and when I'm working with people one on one. The core change that we need for sustaining anything is a change to our identity, how we see ourselves. So, if you want to become a marathon runner, you have to start to see yourself as a runner, especially if you've never run before. If you want to become a bread baker, you, know, you have to start seeing yourself as somebody who bakes bread. And if you want to become pure, well, guess what? You know, Jesus gives us new eyes, new ears, and we're made new creation. I believe. I'm just paraphrasing here. These are just things that I'm trying to communicate through a message, not just, not not taking a specific scripture. When we get new eyes and new ears, we're thinking about ourselves differently. We're thinking about the world differently. We might be thinking about God differently. We might be thinking about our di- our desires differently. And for me, I was thinking about my identity differently, how I see myself differently. I was thinking about just trying to connect authentically with, okay, like, what is this thing about Italy? And being adopted, all I knew about my biological roots were that I had some Italian heritage. There was, like, maybe a couple pages... Of notes of my biological parents. And one of those kind of keys or clues that they leave is like, where were they born? Where were their parents born and their parents' parents born? And what are the known biological connection points genetically, whether it's their health or their ethnicity or et cetera, et cetera? I didn't have names or anything, but since I was a kid or really teenager, and I started looking at those documents, I remember being inclined to the idea of Italy, knowing that there was some kind of heritage there that was given to me biologically. And I started thinking about this a little bit more closely in 2018, as I was inspired by the idea of going to Italy just authentically, when I had nothing to lose, so to speak, in my life, when I was just like, well, I'm so close to death at this point, just having witnessed it in the way that I did, I, I'm really not afraid of it, and there's just not a real clear path for how I navigate this, so this is just the thing that I'm going to do going to Italy, having that experience, feeling the connection for me, baking bread, finding kind of community and associating that for whatever reason with Italian culture, right? And my experience there. And then also my identity and what God was speaking to me. So I got this desire to go back to Italy to want to learn the language and to bake bread around 2018, after I'd been doing it for a few months. So... Again, my girlfriend at the time, we, we didn't break up after a very healing kind of several times together over the course of those six months or so. And really God just doing something in each one of us. I told her, I said, Savannah, I want to go to Italy to take this whole bread making thing to a new level and to learn the language. And this year I turned 30 in 2018. And so I think it would be a good time for me. Uh, again, I really wasn't thinking about financially or other otherwise. Um, there were probably other decisions that were more wise. But I was like, you know, I, I remember when I was there, one of the places you'd sent me for an Airbnb. I got to visit for that one day. I had a really powerful time there because of not just the experience of of the woman who was the host taking me out to dinner and just have an authentic connection there, but also even journaling while I was outside there. There were a couple of things I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. I'm just drawn to it. Oh, and I remember that there was a bodega kitchen bakery that was right across from the Airbnb. Like you walk out the door and it's maybe 15, 30 steps. And uh, it is a really small village, beautiful overlook, hills of Tuscany, very affordable. All of these dots were just connecting the breadcrumbs, I call it. And I said, you know what? As I was processing verbally with her, I was like, you know, maybe I should reach out to that host and just ask her, her name's Mila, ask her if she'd be willing to talk with the guys in the kitchen bodega, bakery, whatever it is, and see if I could work there for free for a month this year in 2018. And she said, that's a great idea. Go for it. So it took me about another month or two to kind of process this and say, okay, like, do I really want to do this? Is this really healthy? Whatever, you know, kind of thoughts would come up. Is there, can I, can I make this work? And I went back and forth with the host, Mila, and she said, okay. And she didn't understand at first. She was like, you want them to, you want to just come like work for free? Like this doesn't, you know, I don't think they can pay you. I was like, no, tell them that I'll teach them English and they can just teach me what they know. Long story shorter, I was supposed to go in September. They were taking time off. They're very hard workers. When they take time off, they take it seriously. And so I said, okay, well, how about I just do November? Oh, that's going to work out well. I turn 30 in November. That's going to be a great time. She talked with them. She got back to me. I agreed. I ended up going out for that month in 2018, November, the month I turned 30. So, you know, 2017, my dad had passed. I went out for five days, ended up staying at this place one night. It was memorable to me. 2018, I get this impression from God while I'm praying. And I'm not like on my knees with my hands folded here, right? It's it's a conversation with the Lord I'm just having throughout my day in prayer constantly. And I felt like he led me to bread baking for more community. I get inspired, start connecting all these dots, thinking about my identity differently as God's being a uh, a work in my life as he's transforming me by the renewing of my mind, thinking about things differently, including who I am, where I'm from, things that connect with me authentically. And, uh, and it leads all back to this whole thing in Italy. So I go out there November, 2018, I'm out in Italy and Europe for probably six weeks or so in Italy for about five, four or five weeks. And I end up having this incredible journey. And before I go, the Lord says to me, This is gonna be a father healing journey. And I had no idea what that meant. I mean, you can get the idea from what it from from the words, but I didn't know like, okay, Lord, like what does that actually mean? and i'm thinking at the time kind of on the entrepreneur journey i'm like gosh so how do i make this productive should i like film this should i do this or do that and that's like not what's on the lord's mind he cares about me my healing journey my heart being healthy and um and really i think just kind of instilling something in me that i'd wanted for so long but didn't have words for so i go out there to this It's not even, there's cities, towns, and villages. It's not even a town. It's a village called Paterno, rural countryside, Tuscany. And there's a series of events that take place that kind of reveal more to me about why I'm there and what God was doing. And I'll just try and share them as best I can in a succinct way. But these are the breadcrumbs that helped me see that God was not just with me, but he was doing something for me. And... It's a very overwhelming feeling when you realize how deser- how undeserving you are, yet how faithful and loving God is to you. And that's what was going on for me is like I was realizing all of this, for lack of better words, sin and dysfunction in my life, and how I didn't really deserve what God had given me in Jesus Christ, but in 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 also just kind of like things in my life and then i was also reconciling a lot of loss and how to navigate that and god was like just trying to help me see that he was with me through this trip and this father healing journey as, as he told me so i get out there and i don't know what to expect but i show up kind of the first day or so and mila greets me and i'm there and i'm i'm getting settled in the next morning i go into the kitchen to uh to step into the unknown. And it was very exciting for me. It must have been like 4 or 5 a.m. And I kind of knock on the door and the, the, the sound of these large kind of old wooden doors, creaks open, and I see a... Uh, I, the first thing I see is this silver tray with an espresso and a, a croissant. And uh, which is French, not Italian, but um, Leonardo is standing there holding this silver tray for me, and he says, TJ, we've been waiting for you. And he had this uh, breakfast and coffee waiting for me, and these guys, man, they're welcoming a total stranger into their day-to-day living, their work. And the first thing they do is greet me, welcome me with hospitality, and make me feel like I'm a million bucks. And I just have this big smile on my face. And I walk in and I say, thank you. And and I, I turn to my right and I see another guy pulling dough out of this big vat and just tossing it on the table and rolling it out and uh, just getting all of the bread prepared to go in this wood-fired oven. And I'm thinking to myself, this is heaven. This is incredible. That was the start of that journey for me when I went to Italy. Over the course of the month, I would learn why Leonardo, the owner, ended up in that kitchen bodega bakery. Why Hassan, the guy working with him, ended up there too. Why Mila, the host of the Airbnb, opened up her home for me and others. And even how all of that tied into the name of the place that I was, the identity of the place I was staying, of that village in Italy, and how it all connected to me. First, Leonardo. Leonardo was, at the time, you know, I want to say 40-something. And he inherited the Bodega Kitchen Bakery. He was third generation. He wanted to do other things with his life. But by the time he was 12, 13 years old, his dad passed unexpectedly so as he grew older his mother as she was kind of growing in her age and capacity couldn't continue the work that was required to facilitate this day-to-day labor of being a baker and running the storefront of the bodega and so as he got into his 20s he realized he couldn't go off and do what he was desiring to do in other ways of profession. So he came back and he took over the bodega, the kitchen with his brother, Marco, and essentially is carrying on the legacy of his father and his father's father because of an early passing. Hassan, who is with him in in the back in the kitchen, was from Morocco, he was Arab, and ended up finding himself in Italy after schooling in Germany and was looking for work when he was in his 20s. Leonardo's dad at the time said, I'll hire you. And about three months in, had an unexpected death. Hassan kind of looked around and said, here's this family that has a mother, two children now without a husband and a father and they have this bodega generational inheritance and they're living you know what what allows them to be able to function and live in this place that I found myself in I can't leave so I I have to at least commit to helping them through this time that they're in and and eventually he would get married and have two children and he decades later is still there in italy and i would ask him how in the world did you end up here and all of this still to this day you're you're still here and he he says by chance which i don't believe in but an incredible man and uh and with honestly, just an incredible heart, he stayed there to help them. Mila, whose place I was staying in, I guess several years earlier, was going through a very difficult time with her father's passing and didn't know what to do with her inheritance, which was the land and the homes that she had in this rural place in Tuscany. So inspired by a friend, she decided to take her father's quarters and to turn it into an Airbnb with a little renovation. So she, insta- she started inviting people in so she would have more community because she was by herself, not married. And over the years, I was one of those people who came through staying at her father's old place that is now an Airbnb. That's the same place that I would stay as I went out there for a month in Italy. All of these people ending up in this place, myself included, out of father's passing. And as I was sharing this with two friends of mine who would come visit that month in Italy, my friend's wife said to me, Oh my gosh, this is God. And wait, what does paterno mean? Paterno is Italian for paternal, father bloodline. And during that month, as I was following the breadcrumbs, I got to see God's redemptive work, not just in me, but in other people's lives and how it led them on their journey. Now, fast forward and I would later learn, because I had this connection of Italy in my life and that my biological parents had Italian blood in them and so there was this connection to Italy. I remember thinking, well, Hassan and this whole family I have this connection with special connection with, but you know, I didn't really see what was like this Arab connection, Middle Eastern background, um, comes from like Islamic roots. All of these things, like, what is what is all of that to me? Fast forward, and I would learn through genetic testing online, actually Twenty Three and Me, that. I actually have Middle Eastern roots. And this was not clearly stated anywhere on my adoption paperwork. It came to light through genetic testing. And I would learn that I have this whole lineage and family that came out of the Middle East. And it came through my biological father's bloodline. That happened and that awareness came to me 2019. So, God's orchestration of all of these things and the convergence of my past, other people's realities, his redemptive work, the connection in our stories, to the identity of the location of the village in Italy. All of these things coinciding, creating this incredible story of not just knowing that God exists, but knowing that he knows I exist and connecting all of these people and bringing hope and bringing life to areas of our life where we have experienced loss and death. That connection for me, being led by the Lord, during that time in Italy was my father healing journey. And I only share all this to say, there's a powerful testimony in knowing that loss is not the end of the story. So if you're listening and you've experienced loss in your life, and if you haven't, you will, because it's a part of life. It's important to know that not only God exists, but he knows you exist, and loss is not the end of the story. We know that through the testimony of Jesus. We know that when he died on the cross, he was buried and then rose again, from death to life. And we know he's living. The testimony of his life, in my life, is Shown through an example of loss in my life bringing more life. Loss in my life bringing other people's lives into my life. And I believe there's something powerful to be said in that. So I hope that that's encouraging for you. And if anything, I hope that that really, that story, I hope that that really just gives God more glory. There's so much more to it. But I wanted to succinctly, as best I could, offer really what I believe is the testimony of his faithfulness throughout difficulty. Keep seeking him. Keep letting him lead. Loss is not the end of the story. Thanks so much for listening. Please go ahead and share this with somebody that comes to mind. I appreciate you.